read from the 15th chapter of John, beginning with verse 9. Hear the word of the Lord. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask Him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. O Lord, use your servants' lips and your people's ears and hearts on this day that as they are joined together that the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. As we look today at this idea of complete joy, I want us to put the reading that we just read together and shared together in a bit of context. Number one... This is Jesus as He's going into Jerusalem. This is Jesus as He is preparing to be crucified. This is Jesus giving His directive to His disciples. It's Him explaining how He wants them to live in the aftermath of what is inevitably going to happen. So this is the passion narrative. This is Jesus telling his disciples the Christian way of life. So a word of context is that this is not at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is at the end of Jesus' ministry. And more context from the same chapter that we're reading This is the part at which Jesus is reminding his disciples, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is reminding his disciples and he is reminding us that so long as we are connected with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so long as in Christ the love of the Godhead that has always been shared between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that love is communicated to us as we are branches nourished by the vine. 
It is about a relationship with Jesus that is intimate. It is about a relationship with Jesus in which we are nourished by God Himself. One verse before our passage started, Jesus reminds His disciples of this, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Becoming a disciple of Jesus glorifies God. Becoming a disciple of Jesus brings the kingdom of God into the world that God so loved that He sent His only Son. Becoming a disciple honors the Lord. Now, it's useful to ask a question, am I a better disciple? Am I a person who is walking closer with Christ in 2021 than I was in 2019? Notice I skipped 2020 all around. But maybe it is the case that 2020 has taught us something about discipleship. Maybe it is the case that somehow in this, in this new world that we lived in for a year and are, are still kind of clawing our way out, that we see something about how God is working in the world. My Father is glorified by this, Jesus says, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Well, now let's move into our text for today, which has this pattern. It's an interesting pattern. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. The love between the Father and Son is the love between Jesus and the church. The love between Father and Son is paradigmatic of the love between Jesus and the church. And Jesus turns around and says love one another as I have loved you. So the pattern is the love of God is experienced in the relationship between father and son. The love of God is experienced in the relationship between the son and the church. And the love of God is experienced in the relationship between those in the church and others in the church. They shall know you by your love for one another. And so here we have the pattern that Jesus offers to us. The pattern of divine love that does not stay simply between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We get the chance to plug into what has been within the Godhead since the very beginning of time and back before ever time existed. Well, we all have, not all of us, but I assume most of us have mobile phones at this point. And have you ever noticed that if you forget to plug in the little brick at the wall, you can plug your mobile phone in and nothing happens? If it's not plugged into the grid, something that is bigger than your phone, nothing is going to happen. And if we are not plugged into the vine, if the vine's juices and nourishment don't nourish us as the branches, if the love between the Father and the Son does not nourish us as Christians, then we are missing 
the joy that God intends for you and for me. There are a few conditions for joy that this passage brings. And one of those conditions is an intimate connection with Jesus. He is in us, and we are in Him. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Are you walking closely with Jesus? Do you recognize that when you are having a good day, Jesus is right there alongside you? Do you recognize that when your world falls apart, Jesus is right there alongside you? Do you recognize that the life of the Trinity can flow into your life because the vine nourishes the branches and whether things are going your way or whether your world has turned upside down, Jesus will fill you with his presence and his love. An intimate connection with Jesus. A kind of discipleship that glorifies God. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Discipleship is not optional for a Christian. Discipleship growing in grace, growing in faith, growing in hope and love, growing in the ability to discern the will of God, the wisdom of God. These are things that God expects. My granddaughter is visiting this weekend. And uh, it's, it's, it, sometimes it takes years and years to tell a difference in someone's life, but occasionally I can, I can do that. I'll go back to a church that I was pastor of 15 years ago, and the snarkiest, meanest guy that was there when I was there will suddenly have become chairperson of the board and is just not even the same person that I remember that person being because God's been at work in his life. Because God never ceases to pursue us and all it takes, all it takes is this saying yes to God and suddenly this change occurs. And so sometimes it takes 15 years to be able to see the kind of change. But, but I've got a new granddaughter and things change all the time now. Um, the last time she was visiting... I would sit her up, and she was a bobble-headed baby, you know. She would, her, her head was, was going up and down, and, and it's gotten stronger in the last couple of weeks. I can tell there is something different. She can turn her head now very smoothly to look. Her, her motions with her arms and her legs are much more fluid and less, less exaggerated. I can tell that she's becoming, she's becoming older. She's getting some control that she didn't have before. What is the evidence of your discipleship? Would there be enough evidence, one preacher asked a long time ago, if you were charged with being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? What's the evidence of your discipleship? How is your life different because you know Jesus than it would be if you didn't know Jesus at all? How have you gone from being immature 
to mature and wise? How have you gone from maybe being passive-aggressive to being loving? In what way do you have a discipleship that glorifies God? One of the conditions for joy is keeping the commandments of Jesus. Jesus is very clear about this. As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And so we read this and we think, okay, what are the commandments? What is it that God intends for me to keep? Jesus said, I'm glad you asked. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. Keeping the commandments of Jesus is a part of the recipe for joy. We'll never be joyful if our lives are at odds with God's intention for us. We will never be joyful if our lives continuously, time and again, are characterized by ungodliness and self-centeredness, are characterized by bitterness and anger. Friendship with Jesus is a part of the recipe for joy. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I don't call you servants any longer because the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You are a friend of God. Those who walk with God, those who grow in discipleship, those who take the love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and see that love between Father and Son and see the love between Son and church and come somehow to make that love a part of the love between believers. You're my friends, Jesus said, if you do what I command you. It's interesting that Jesus puts uh, some conditions here. Some conditions, some if, then. If you want to come into my house then you must take off your shoes. Sometimes I will tell my children after they have been out in the mud. Well, there are, there are a couple of ifs in this passage here. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Someone went to a church where one of my friends was pastor. After the service, this person approached both my friend, who was the associate pastor and the senior pastor, 
and ask this question. If I decide to follow Jesus, will that cost me nothing or will that cost me everything? The associate pastor says, it will cost you everything. The senior pastor said, it will cost you nothing. They were both right. God says, come. Come as you are. Come, you who hunger and thirst. Buy wine and milk without cost, without price. But dear Christians, hear me. Following Jesus is taking up one's cross. Taking up the cross day after day. Keeping the commandments of the Lord and living in love. And the outcome of this, the outcome of this we find in chapter 15, verse 11. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The joy of Jesus, it's not the same thing as happiness. Happiness depends on whether your digestive system is working properly. Happiness depends over, on, on whether the person in front of you is irritating to you or not. Happiness depends on a lot of things. But joy, as we have seen, means we are the branches and Jesus is the vine. Joy means that the love between father and son characterizes the love between members of the church. There have been a lot of times in the last six months when I have not been happy, but when I've had joy in my heart. Joy because I know that Jesus is beside me. Sometimes I can feel it, sometimes I can't, but I believe it. Joy because I know that God is up to something that's bigger than I understand. God is up to something in the world, and if I could step back and see the tapestry that's being woven by all the relationships that I have ever formed and all the relationships that lie ahead of me, that there's something incredibly beautiful. The joy comes from knowing that the one who says that he is giving complete joy is on his way to Jerusalem to feel the nails and to wear a crown of thorns. Brennan Manning says, I believe the real difference in the American church is not between conservatives and liberals, fundamentalists and charismatics, or Republicans and Democrats, The real difference, he says, is between the aware and the unaware. When somebody is aware of the love that the Father has for Jesus, that person is spontaneously grateful. Cries of thankfulness become the dominant characteristic of the interior life and the byproduct of gratitude is joy. 
We're not joyful and then become grateful. We're grateful, and that makes us joyful. And so the invitation from the gospel today is an invitation to complete joy. The invitation is an invitation to complete and total and utter joy in the life of the one who is the most joyful being one could ever imagine. Father, Son, Holy Spirit in this never-beginning, never-ending dance. This life in Trinity. And complete joy comes through an intimate connection with Jesus. Do you have that intimate connection with Jesus? Do you know about Him or do you know Him? Do you sense His presence? Do you taste Him in the bread and the wine? At night when you open your eyes and see the stars, the light of the moon, are you in wonder? Do you have an intimate connection with Jesus? How's your discipleship going? Are you becoming a disciple? Or are you stagnant? Are you becoming a disciple and growing and and learning and living the way Jesus intends for you to live? Are you letting the world tell you what should be important and what shouldn't be? Do you have a love that is patterned on Jesus' love? Jesus' love going to Jerusalem. Jesus' love offering himself for those. Now, it's really hard for us to think about us having a love that's patterned on Jesus. Jesus gave his life for the world. Most of us, thanks be to God, will not be called upon to give our lives for faith. But we are called upon not to curse out the person who irritates us tomorrow morning beyond belief. We are called to help meet the needs of a world where there is a great deal of need. We are called to live in love and harmony when the world is certainly not a harmonious place. We're called to obedience. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. It would be silly to say to Jesus, I will call you Lord, but I will not obey you. It would be silly to say, I am going to go out this afternoon, and I am going to deliberately disobey God. And hope I don't get killed by nighttime. At which point I will repent. Now people do that. I say that with kind of tongue in cheek. But people do that. People will hope and trust that they'll 
be able to repent for something that they purposefully do. This invitation to complete joy comes with an awareness and a gratitude for Jesus' work in the world. Jesus was at Centenary before I got here. Jesus was at Centenary before you were born. The Lord has been at Centenary since 1788. Even longer than that. And before the Lord was ever at Centenary, he was in, in Rome, in Jerusalem, in Venice, in every time zone, every continent. Jesus will be at your house before you get there this afternoon. There is this awareness and gratitude for the work of Jesus in the world and that Jesus has said, I will never leave you, I will not forsake you, not on your best day, not on your worst day, not on your happiest day, and not on the day when your heart is broken. There is a joy that goes beyond happiness. And as C.S. Lewis said, anyone who has tasted true joy would not exchange it for all the happiness in the world. I hope you have joy. I hope the joy of the Lord is your strength. I hope that the joy of the Master animates you and gives you energy to get up. And if you don't, if, if you say today, I want to know God and I don't, call me this week. I'll make some Turkish coffee in my study. We'll share Turkish coffee together and we'll pray together. And as we do, By God's grace, I hope. I hope he makes himself known. By God's grace, I hope that in the song to be sung, in our benediction, in your drive home as you see the sunshine and the animals of spring, as you see the budding flowers, as you feel the warmth of the sun on your skin, I hope. I hope you hear the invitation to complete and utter joy in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.